Ladies and gentlemen and hockey fans of all ages, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Hockey Fan Chat. I am your host, Randy Dillon. In this episode of the Hockey Fan Chat, I am joined by Justin Gillinelli, a New Jersey Devil fan, but also someone I talk to weekly on the Sports Wire Radio with Thomas Bryce and others. In this episode of the Hockey Fan Chat, Justin and I, we talk about free agency, recap some of the big signs that happened and some of the other moves. We talk a little bit closely about the Devils and how they missed Johnny Goudreau, the Columbus Blue Jackets signing him, some of the other signings, which team we thought did good and well, and some of the other moves. All right, Justin, thank you so much for joining us on the Hockey Fan Chat episode of Free Agency Edition. Lots to discuss here, and we're going to get into it right away. Johnny Goudreau signing with the Columbus Blue Jacket. I know we were talking about it earlier. He's going to the Devils, but this was a complete 180 backward flip. Yeah, I mean, they came out of nowhere. I mean, all of a sudden... At like 5.30 Eastern time was the first we heard of the Blue Jacks entering the conversation. I'm like, what? With what cap space? Because they're right up against it. And, you know, all day they've been Devils Islanders, Devils Islanders. Then we hear the Flyers are out. And then they sign uh, a couple of players, uh, Justin Braun being one of them. And I'm like, okay, they're definitely out at this point. So I'm like, all right, I thought he's going to play close to home. Flyers are clearly out. He's from Salem, New Jersey, which is very close to Philadelphia. For those geographically who don't really know, it's very southwest in the state near Pennsylvania. But, you know, I would say about 150 miles to Newark where the Devils play up in northern Jersey. And I was like, all right, he's going to come to the Devils. And then to see this term, seven years, $9.75 million per. And I'm left speechless, to be honest with you. I think the whole hockey world that's speechless. I saw as well, and I was even looking at Columbus roster before this. I'm like, they have Voracek, they have Borstrom, they have Jenner, they have Rorensky, they have a few, and Marinkis, but it's like, what else do they really have? Now, I guess for Columbus, Patrick Laine must be on his way out of the organization because I don't think they can afford him to keep him at this point because they only have like $3 million in cash space. But for the Devils now, what do you think they do? Do you think they run after JT Miller? Do you think they try to maybe pull off a Patrick Kane trade? Because Jersey's not far from Rangers, but I know at that age at 32, it's a little bit older than you expected. Hey, listen, he's a Buffalo kid. He is from New York. And listen, Patrick Kane has been my favorite player since he came into the league. So if the Devils were to get Patrick Kane, I think that would be um, that'd be an exciting moment for the Devil franchise. If you look at his numbers, he's still incredibly productive. I think if I'm not mistaken, he had 96 points a year ago um, or you know, 90 something points a year ago. On a six, bad Hawks team that was shambles, put it that way as well. So. Yeah, I mean, granted, he was playing with Alex Debrinkit. You know, you know, Jonathan Taze has clearly lost a step. So not a lot of talent on that Blackhawk roster. And they've and we saw with the Debrinkit trade, the Kirby Doc trade, you know, Chicago continues to get worse. So yeah. it's a tough contract. It's very hard to move. But when you talk about Devil Team with $25 million to, you know, in cap space, now figure – we, we have to see what a Jesper Bratt contract extension would look like because he's a restricted free agent. You know, it, it's a contract the Devils can take on. Um, another name would be like Andre Palat because the – although with the way Tampa's handing out contracts, I wouldn't be surprised if he can fit under the salary cap. I they mean, have some voodoo magic they do to keep the cap. I, I don't quite understand how they're just magically handing out eight-year contracts when all we've heard – is they're dead up against the cap. They're yeah. dead up against the cap. They have no room. They're gonna have to. Make I, some I don't bodies. get how. I don't get how 
uh, Julian Brisebois is doing it in Tampa. Some magic he must be doing or something. But now looking at the whole free agency, what team do you think that got better overall? Because I look at two teams, the Edmonton Oilers. They got really better. The Rangers, I think, got a little bit better. And the I Ottawa wasn't crazy. About, I wasn't crazy about the Trocheck contract. To be honest, that was a little really? bit too long of a contract. I guess at this point, though, when you want to get better and you win, and we know free agency, they cause to do weird, do foolish things, giving that long term. Yeah. But it's not a bad cap. I guess the question is when he gets us 34, 35, what is it right. going to be like? Right. Because I think he's, I think he's 28, 29 right now, Trocheck. So contract might not look so good at the end of it. Um, to one team that is really impressed this offseason is the Ottawa Senators. 100%. You, get the, you get the Claude Giroux contract, six and a half million per over the next three years. We saw a rejuvenated Giroux playing for, you know, contending for a Stanley Cup last year, even though Florida, you know, basically whittled their way out of the playoffs, getting swept by Tampa. But, you know, he comes, he goes over to Tampa, uh, to Florida in that trade from Philly where he was a captain for a number of years and he re- looked rejuvenated. So now going to an Ottawa team that looks like they're going to be a lot better. Um, they should definitely be in the playoff conversation because, you know, you look at some of the teams in that Atlantic division, you know, Boston is a team in transition right now from guys retiring to guys who are going to miss half the season because of surgery. Um, Toronto is a weird question mark because they seem to not never know what to do. Um, obviously they're the, just you, know, you mentioned Edmonton. The, uh, Toronto's the team that lost – uh, Jack Campbell. Yeah, Toronto's an interesting one because they give up Campbell and they and Mraz. They can go to Murray and Samsonov. Matt Murray, who had who's had an up and down time since winning his second Stanley Cup in Pickford back in 2016-17, went to Ottawa, just didn't work out. Ilya Samsonov just couldn't find his game in Washington, and yeah. this team's putting a lot of high hopes on two guys that you want to play good. I mean, baffling there to me but Ottawa you're right I think they are one of the better teams improved and now you had guys like DeBrinket, Adjaru, even the trade for Cam Talbot that was a surprise out of nowhere. Yeah definitely and we actually just have breaking news come down Ryan Strome gets a five-year contract uh, to go to the Anaheim Ducks. That makes sense because Gaslov gone there they're going to need someone with Zegras. The question is going to be does brother Dylan follow him I think at this point. It's possible. Um, we'll see if they choose on playing together. Now, Anaheim made another signing today, and I believe I mentioned it in our Sportswire radio chat before, although I'll probably never find it all the yeah. time. Yeah, so. <laughs> it might just be better to go on the website and just... Yeah, exactly. It's just that's just a good move for for Anaheim, honestly. Strom has had a resurgence in his career ever since coming to New York because everyone thought he was done in Edmonton. Really, with a great fit, a second-line center playing under the banner. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out this Anaheim signing. Frank Vertrano. Er- yes, that's, that's who it was, Frank Vertrano. And I did mention that to uh, to you guys in the Sportswire chat. Yeah, Frank Vertrano. So they get – and Frank Vertrano had some really good moments uh, in the Ranger postseason yeah. run. So Yeah, he's 28 years old, a three-year deal. So he's going to have his best years in Anaheim at this point. So – the Ducks are getting a very good year. Only a cap at a 3.65, where he probably could have got, I think, 4 to 4.5. Yeah. Then that was a big move. The other move I'm just taking a look at here is, I think a lot of people are not giving credit to Steve Eisenman today. I know a lot of people maybe talk about Johnny 
Columbus killing Goudreau, what Ottawa did, Edmonton did, but Steve Eisenman did a heck of a job. Andrew Kopp, Ole Mata, they before added Billy Huso, David Perron. He's making that Detroit team a very good team. Yeah, I, I still see them being uh, a little bit further away than, than a team like Ottawa. But you, you can't deny that Iserman's made the team better. Uh, Detroit's certainly been active, you know, trying to put the pieces around Dylan Larkin. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they fare in that Atlantic division. Yeah, that Atlantic division right now is, a, is very interesting because I think that third spot is kind of open. Because we don't know what Toronto's goaltending is going to be like next year. Like, are you expecting Matthew Marner and Nylander them to put up 200 points each to kind of keep the puck out of the net? Yeah. There's like, literally, no... there's literally, in the Atlantic Division, there's literally three guarantees. Yeah. You have the, the Florida teams being good, Tampa and, and, and Florida. Mm-hmm. They're going to be good again next year. Because, again, I don't know how they do it, but Tampa is finding cap room to yeah. sign players. And the Florida Panthers have a very talented roster. And the other guarantee is Buffalo is going to be trash. Yeah, that's true as well. Buffalo Buffalo is Buffalo. If that's a franchise that can't get out of their own way, I don't know what is. Since 20, I think uh, since 2012, they have been a disaster with bad contracts, bad drafting, problems. It had just been a nightmare in that organization. And yeah, I could, like Montreal, I think they're going to be competitive, even with a healthy carry price, but I don't think it's going to be enough to get them that third spot to take it from Toronto. Right. Boston, I honestly think they're going to digress. Even if they sign David Krejci, you still, like, Brad Marchand's not going to be there until December. Charlie McAvoy is hurt as well. The goaltending at time last year was very suspect for the Bruins. So they right. could be on the way down. So that really opened the spot for the team like Detroit and Ottawa to fight Toronto for that goal spot. And their goaltending is on why, Which is why I'm disappointed in the Devils not getting Gaudreau here. Although, like I said, maybe they could make it, maybe they could pivot to uh, um, Andre Palat or the something other or a, tra- a trade for Patrick Line. But, but, you know, I'm disappointed in the Devils because. It looks like the Atlantic Division could be a team that only gets three postseason teams yeah. next year, which leaves a potential possibility of five Metropolitan teams. And the Metropolitan is always a very competitive division. You know the Rangers are going to be a really good team. Um, the Carolina Pittsburgh, Hurricanes. Pittsburgh, the Hurricanes are going to be a great team. They're, they, they, they're they've had a good day. Cup or bust for them because you had Brent Burns, I was talk, mentioning earlier to you. Yep, they Burns. Need- they need someone to come in to tell these guys we need to force for keep going, get that killer insane. Because last year they were up two games to nothing, three to two in both their series. They almost lost the one the Bruins. I think Brent Burns had that. They had packs already, some veteran experience. This team, it's win for them now. Yeah, 100%. The the, Islanders, um, there, there's I, a lot of pressure. I don't know what they're doing. Another class. You know what? I, I, the two teams that are really like, you don't know where they're going. Are the Islanders and the Flyers right now? The Flyers don't really. The Flyers don't really have a good. They they're a bad team with cap issues. Um, the Islanders are a mediocre team with cap issues. Obviously, the goal, the Blue Jackets are going to get a little bit better, but I mean, they're not a great team to begin with. You know, the Devils seem to be an up and coming team. You know, where they improve their goaltending. Yep. They. Uh, they acquired, you know, Vitek Vanacek from the Capitals. He's probably going to split time, as of now, with Mackenzie Blackwood, mm-hmm. unless uh, Tom Fitzgerald decides to go elsewhere 
and maybe move Blackwood and then have a different combination of Vanacek and goalie B. But, um, you know, the Devils seem to be a team that's up and coming, and it felt like the door has been opened. So that's why this offseason is so important for New Jersey. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought for sure, like, if they could have landed Johnny Goudreau. It would definitely have pushed them in that conversation because the Penguins, with still keeping Latang and Malcolm and Crosby, I think they're going to be good for another two years at least. A good playoff team potentially fighting for the Cup every year. Washington, right. I, I don't know what's going to happen with them. Pretty much Darcy Kemper has to be the reason they get into the playoffs and win a round or two. Because he needs to save both Brian McClellan's job and Peter Lavella to get an extension. This team, I'm worried about. Personally. Yeah. So, I mean, so even the Metropolitan Division, despite, you know, knowing that Pittsburgh's going to be there, Carolina and New York are going to be at the top of the class, the Rangers, that is, at the top of the class in terms of the division. I mean, the door is every bit open for the Devils to be a wild card type team, but... You know, it's going to be hard because you have to hope for so much to go wrong for other teams. Like even Pickford last year didn't start the season with Crosby or Malkin, and Crosby was in, got COVID, then left. But pretty much mid-November, he didn't get going. Malkin didn't return till like February. Somehow, they still get the third spot in the Metro. I and look, I'm not even I'm not even aiming high. I'm not even asking for that third spot. You know, to fight for a wild card spot at this point. It's been ten years. Since they last went to the Stanley Cup, last year there was the playoffs. Ten years as well. That was the last time they win. No, no, no twenty eighteen. No, 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 they went in twenty eighteen. That was yeah. the year Taylor Hall. I forgot won the Hart Trophy, but they were out in five games yeah. to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So, and they weren't a great team that year. That that was on the on the back of Taylor Hall. Yeah, you know, you had a rookie Nico Heischer, Keith, who's Keith and Cade was able to step up his play. Was Corey Schneider who had a good first half of the season, but struggled the second half. So, yep. like, things got to work out for you to make the playoff. It can't just be all signings. Of course. Of course. But, you know, they need more offensive scoring. They need they need a dynamic winger to play alongside Jack Hughes. I mean, because, you know, Jack Hughes is on, is on his way to being one of the best players in the league. And if he could get a good sidekick, that could only make him better. Exactly. What do you think of the Av, the Stanley Cup champion? Do you think they did enough to make another repeat for next year? Like, I think... Their defense, they have, I think, one of the best defense going in the league next to Nashville, where you have Kale McCarr, Devon Tays, Joss Manson, Sam Gerrard, and Bowen Byron. What a great top five. They yeah. still have their core, McKinnon, Landeskoff, Ratnan. They still had Nekrushin, Letnin, JT Comper. The question is going to be the goaltending with Gurgiev, how he's going to do, because he hasn't been a number one yet. And right. He had time to take the number one, but couldn't. Do you think the Avs can do another repeat at this point or going to be, they have to do a little bit more work on this team. No, I, I think this, I think this roster is an absolute unit. Um, you know, you know, they didn't, and they're not losing a whole heck of a lot from this team. Um, the question, like you said, is going to be on Alexander Georgiev. Is he a number one goaltender? And, you know, we're, that's one thing we're going to find out, you know, they're clearly going to be talented enough to reach the postseason, regardless of whether Georgiev is the number one or not. But it's going to be on him to – he's going to be the key factor if they're going to make another cup run. And, you know, and he and he played pretty well. And, you know, he, he did a decent job kind of – even though they got blown out in games three and four to the Pittsburgh Penguins, he did a good job kind of stabilizing things at the end. 
um, you know, try to get the Rangers back into the game. But if he, first time being a number one, and, you know, like you said, he was supposed to be the heir apparent to Henrik Lundqvist. And then, and then here comes uh, Igor Shosturkin, and all he does is win Vezina this year. He even started the season in the first game, I think, there was a big surprise that Gargoyne went with Gorbiev over Sisirkin. So he had his opportunity, but just couldn't run with it. Right. it. That's going to be interesting there. What teams do you feel were kind of like disappointing? I, it's easy enough to say the Flames. It's easy enough to say the Devils. But do you think there's another team out there that was disappointed in that should have made a big move or should have done something that they need to do and didn't? I'm going to stay right. I'm going to stay right here to the Islanders because hey, – you know, as a Devils fan, I know how Lou Lemerle operates. He operates very much in secret. Um, but I, I feel like he hasn't really given the fan base a direction uh, as to where this team is going. Um, it just seems like he's riding with these veterans. You know, granted, they had a, a lot of, uh, you know, unforeseen circumstances last year, whether it's the 13-game road trip to start the year because of the new building, you know, the, the finishing touches of the new building whether it's the COVID outbreak that happened right as they were trying to open that building. You know, they played two games basically down like eight players. But it, to me, the Islanders just very quiet on this first day. Now, obviously, it's the first day of free agency. Not to say that they can't make a big splash, but, um, you know, just right off the bat, them in the Eastern Conference. And you know what? I, I know they're in a transition phase, but, you know, like I mentioned the Blackhawks before, the Blackhawks are a huge disappointment here. Like, I think that they're trading the wrong pieces. Now I understand why they're doing it because not every team can take on a contract of a Patrick Kane or a Jonathan Taze, but you're getting rid of Alex to who is a rising star in this league. You know, Kirby doc, who's 21 years old. Um, I, I feel like Chicago just has zero direction right now. And they're setting themselves up for then almost the next decade of failure. Exactly. They kind of remind me right now kind of the Sabres were with the Conor McDavid draft. They were so bad, and then when it came to the draft, they got robbed at num- game number two and Edmonton number one, where I think the Hawks, like, for Patrick Kane, you, I think you need to ship him earlier in the season, the better, because then it's like, you know what you're going to get and what you can work about, because now they trade to bring it over him for half a cheeseburger, it's like... You have to kind of keep him now, Ted, the deadline. But Patrick Kane, if I had to get the landing spot for him, I'm going to say if I'm the Calgary Flames, I'd take a run at him. If you need someone that can help you when you still have a good enough team to compete to maybe win a cup with Daryl Sutter coaching there, you got to make it happen, take a run here, especially if you feel Matthew to Chuck's going to walk next year at the UFA. Yeah, I mean, he is a free agent after the season. He's got one year of a $10.5 million cap hit which is the end of eight-year, $84 million contract that he signed prior to the 2015 season. But the only issue with a team like Calgary is they would have just kept Goudreau if they had that $10.5 million. Exactly. I mean, how much – Chicago's $11 million under the cap right now. So, I mean, you can ask them to absorb some of that money, but then Chicago's going to be getting – but then you're probably going to have to give up more. Like Chicago might not ask as much if you're absorbing the 10.5 million, but now let's say you want to only take on 4 million of that 10 and a half. Now you're probably parting away with better players. Exactly. I think for, it's going to have to be a work. Cause I think if Calgary convinced Sean Monaghan to take a year off, if he didn't decide to come back next year, I think that definitely helps the problem there. Somehow take Milan Lucic 
but I don't know how that's going to work. But for, they kind of remind me of Colorado last year where Philip Grubauer walked. They had to go get a goalie. They, they gave up quite a bit for Darcy Camper, but it worked out where I think Calgary in that same situation where you still have a good enough team main group you have here. You're going to lose some pieces. Yeah. You've got to give it a try. Now, going back I, to the Islanders as well, like, I would th- like, people forget a year ago, they were one win away from a Stanley Cup final against Montreal. They were that, and against Tampa Bay as well. They were missing that game breaker, that Patrick Kane type of player. And I feel like Lou still hasn't addressed that issue where they still don't haven't gone out the game breaker. They have a bunch of really good players, but again, these players at time when they're good, they're great. When they're bad, they can be invisible. Yeah, they don't. They don't have a superstar on their roster. You could say Matthew Barzell is a very good player, but I wouldn't consider him a superstar in this league. And I would. You know, pretty much consider him the best player on the team. Um, you know, you can argue their captain, Anders Lee, who's another very nice player. But that's kind of what the Islanders are right now. They're, they're a bunch of very nice players. Granted, they have a solid goaltender. I'm a big fan of Ilya Sorokin. I think he's a terrific goaltender. Um, but, I, yeah, they, they just don't have – like, you look at rosters around the league. Even still, you look at Chicago and say, we can't let Patrick Kane be the game breaker. Or against Tampa, you can't let Steven Stamkos or Nikita Kucherov beat us. You don't really have that feeling against the Islanders. You really don't need to defend for one specific player. And they have $11 million to work with the Islanders. Right now, they're sitting at $71 million and the cap is 82 They have work to do, and they, need, they do need a big-time player. No, agreed. Like they are in trouble, and especially and, where... and and for the first time, and for the first time in a very very long time, the Islanders have franchise stability. You know, they have this brand new building that they're going to year two in, um, so they know where they're going to be. They're not messing around with: Are we going to play in Brooklyn? Are we going to play on Long Island? You know, we're going to play half our games in a remade Nassau Coliseum that seats like ten thousand. Or we're going to go to Brooklyn where nobody shows up because there's no Islander fans in Brooklyn. And all the Long Island people, me, myself, even though I'm not an Islander fan, you know, living on Long Island, going into Brooklyn is, is a pain in the you-know-what. Especially the late game, taking the train, they close back. I've heard the story. It's just a nightmare. Yeah, exactly. So it was, it was always a bad situation moving them to Brooklyn. And, you know, they now have that home. And now there's that franchise stability of, we have this beautiful new UBS arena in a pretty great location out here in Elmont. And it, it should be an attractive place for free agents, but, you know, it just hasn't quite been that way. Before I let you go, Justin, I want to get your take on a few things. First thing first, we earlier Vegas mentioned, do you feel this team is still good enough to compete for a cup after some of the moves they made? Because Zach Tack already, it's a big loss there. They had to give up Dagonoff. We saw what happened last year for Flurry. Their roster right. is looking a little thin, and they don't have a lot of assets, and they're much older than what they were when they first started. Do you think this team is still one of the top teams in the league, or do you think we're seeing crack in the foundation? Even though we're going to see a full year of Jack Eichel next year, there's still some question with this team, I think. Um, I don't really think they're taking too big of a step back. Max Pacioretty over the last couple of years has really been become a, a Johnny We Hardly Knew You kind of guy. A lot of injuries, missed a lot of time. Um, it will be nice to see a full year of Jack Eichel. I wouldn't so much call it them taking a step back as much as I'd say it as 
there's still some re- there's a really good teams in that division in itself. I mean, obviously the Western Conference has the defending champs that with the Avalanche. They're in the Central. You know, St. Louis is going to be good, but even just in the Pacific Division, even with the loss of Johnny Goodrow, you think that the Flames are still going to be right there. We'll see if they win the division. Edmonton might be a force, especially if you know Jack Campbell is everything they hope for and more because. You know, I mean, we we saw in the postseason how great that offense was, how how, how easy it was for them to score goals. Um, they get any kind of goaltending. Look out, Edmonton is and a you favorite. Like, Full year, Evander King, he was on pace for fifty. You're going back to Jack Campbell. As long as he's not like Mike Smith, who gives up a softy or an awful goal here or there. Right, and I then think- and then you got and then you, and then you got LA. LA's getting a lot better, and you know they made that surprise run almost. I almost compare them to the Rangers, although the Rangers did more damage in the postseason. But the but hey, the Kings had their chance of three games to two yeah. to put away the Edmonton Oilers, and that would have sent them home in the first round. And I, and I think that that changes the trajectory of of a couple of franchises. I, I think it changed the trajectory of the Oilers because I think if the Oilers had lost in the first round, I think they would have made some drastic moves. There I really been- do. So much happened there. And then we all forget there was no Drew Doughty in that series. They forced, pushed Edmonton to the brink. Yeah. And I had mentioned to you in chat um, about how much guys like Mikey Anderson and Sean Sean Dersey, they really grew into their roles. And I think this Kings team learned a lot of lessons. And if they can squeeze anything more, because right now it seems like they're going to continue to go with a Jonathan Quick, a Cal Peterson goaltending tandem. It was tandem. a good enough tandem. Like I, it was, and you know what? Quick wasn't really the problem in the postseason. He had one. I think he had one bad game, but you know, it's. I don't it's, think that it, was on him. It, it's hard to go. It's hard to go seven games in a series with Edmonton and not have a complete dud because Edmonton is so good offensively and so good up and down the ice. Um, he held his own, and I think he even had a shutout. In one of the game, in Game's one of the Kings' four. victories, yeah. So, I mean, the Kings are a team on the rise. So, it, so it, go back to Vegas real quick. Fi- finishing touches on that. I, I don't think it's so much about them taking a step back as other teams are just getting better. So, I, I don't think they're they're quite a cup contender, but I do think they should be every bit in the conversation for the postseason. Absolutely. You look at the Pacific here quickly. Like I. Vegas will still be there, one of the top. I don't think the top team. I think that goes to Edmonton now, as long as yeah. Jack Campbell is good. LA is going to be for fighting for a second or third spot in that. that Fiala trade was great. Uh, that was a great trade. Kevin oh yeah, Fiala. they look better. Um, Vegas will be good. I think they'll be able to compete. If it's going to be tough though, because even Calgary take the step back, like they're still the. A very similar team, minus Erica Brandon right now, Johnny Goudreau. So we'll see what happens yeah. there. The Canucks, it, they're in an interesting spot because the talk was they want to get younger, they want to clear cast base. Then all of a sudden they sign a player like Ilya Mikheyev to a long-term deal. And it's very interesting what this team's going to do. Are they going to go with Miller for the whole year or not? Because I think the team they have right now can compete for a playoff spot. It's going to be a lot of run and gun for this team. But yeah. Thatcher Demko is going to play his lights out because I don't like their defense. Before I let you go, Justin, I want to quickly talk about the two remaining free agents out there, Nathan Kadri and John Klingberg. Where do you think both these guys are going to go at this point? But I think for Kadri, it's going to be – I think Seattle, because at this point he won his cup. I think he the report that he wants to get his payday – and I think Seattle will be the perfect fit for him there. But I don't know if he wants to be the number one center. Do you see any other destinations for him? or? 
I think Seattle, and you know, I wonder if I wonder if that's a push maybe the Islanders make. I thought the Rangers would be in the mix there, but they obviously signed Vincent Trocheck to a seven-year deal. Um, it, it seemed like Kadri was going to come out east, um, but it does seem like now Seattle might be the most logical uh, choice there. Um, as for John Klingberg, I've heard rumblings as the day has gone on that he's re-engaged with Dallas, and the, you know there's every chance that he could end up returning to play for the Stars. But I don't, you know, I think that's going to be the most interesting one. Kadri, not as much, um, because I think you're gonna you're gonna definitely have multiple teams really in the mix for uh, John Klingberg. Yeah. So I'm just looking at Dallas's right now. So Jake Auden, they have 11 million dollars in cash base, and Jake Ottinger needs a new contract. Right? Like he's gonna take, I think, like six, six to seven at this point. The way he played the playoffs and how he played last year. Yeah. I think for Klingberg, well, the the market kind of maybe have dried up a bit because Carolina was the team that I was talking about, but they went out and got a guy like Brent Burns, so that take care right. of a player there. Now he got to make a decision. I think at this point, do I want to win and I'm going to have to take a little bit of a pay cut, maybe last turn, or do I go to a bad team that might not be as competitive? Because there are some teams that I think could use a player like John Klingberg. Of course, but they're not. But they're not going to be as good. Like teams like maybe the Arizona Coyotes, maybe the Islanders, but their defense to add some experience there. But I think they need more of a forward. The Hawks need players there. As right, well. you know, you're getting the, it's free agency is like the game of musical chairs. You know, yeah. team every team has every team has different needs, and then so you you end up clumping a group of maybe five or six teams that really all have the same need. Like, let's say there's a group of five or six teams that are really looking for a top defenseman. But, you know, like you said, Carolina gets Brent Burns. You know, other other teams sign top, you know, top defensemen. The list gets shorter and shorter. And then you got a player still sitting out there. Detroit would be the other one, but they gave Sherrod a nice contract. Now they have 11 million yet, but they have probably some other guys they want to sign and keep that cast paid over. So I don't yeah, that's not even factoring in their RFAs that they're trying to keep. Exactly. So I think for Klingberg, I think for him at this time, like is he's either going to have to take a pay cut to go to a team or he's going to have to go to a not pleasant situation because he was in Dallas when they were up and down, like they weren't a contender. So he's going to have to make that decision there. And then I think yeah. the, I think the funniest thing out of all the thing that Carol and Florida they get at the end of the day they get both Stall brothers Mark on a one year deal Eric's coming back they just need to convince Carolina to get Jordan and they got to treat the trio reunited. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. The, have the three stalls playing yeah. together. It hasn't happened there. I think because the brothers have played, but never been three brothers playing together. So that would be something interesting if it did happen there. Justin, yeah. I appreciate you coming on. Give me the time to chat about free agency. It was a busy day. A lot to still happen. I know you're upset with the Johnny Goodrow, but who knows the devil they might pull a rabbit out of their hat. Like I see a guy comes to my mind is Vladimir Tarasenko. The Blues might try to trade him, but I know he's a little bit older. But guys like Patrick Line, hey, we talked the Jets. There's been conversation with Mark Scheifler and Pierre Luke Dubois, possibly. They might try to trade him. So I mean, something else. I mean, they say they said that Tom Fitzgerald's not speaking to the media tonight. So the only thing that 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 could mean to me is he's work. He's still working the phones as we speak, and we'll probably be working the phones until two a.m. You know, whether it's a free agent or a trade, and we might hear of something in the morning. 
Yeah, like Nazem Kadri, like I don't expect him to go there, but but that would be more of a knee jerk reaction where they have to get the next big fish with the Kadri. But but I think for the Devils, they have, I think right now you have to play that waiting game to make the right piece because you don't want to make a bad signing that takes you two years back down the road where you can't right. find young players. But Justin, I appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Hockey Fan Chat. We will talk to you soon and we'll see what happens. All right. Thank you, Randy. That's another episode of the Hockey Fan Chat. Joined again by Justin Gellinelli recapping free agency. Hope you all enjoyed it. My name is Randy Dillon, the host. Have a great one, everyone.